Hi, I'm Ian DeLisi. Welcome to episode 34 of Essential Conversations. You're about to hear my conversation with Joshua Henry, who had just released his debut EP titled Guarantee, following years of performing on the stage in everything from Carousel to Hamilton, and had just finished filming Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut, Tick, Tick, Boom. Three weeks after his twins were born, he joined me and the WDET listeners on Zoom. The first thing we talked about was his initial plan to become an accountant. Here's Joshua Henry. I just was going to do what my mom did. She works at an accounting firm, and I, I didn't think anything of it. You know, and then it came to like my senior year in high school. I did a yeah. production of a musical, and I just fell in love with it. And that got me just completely obsessed with music, singing, and dancing. But yeah, actually, it's funny. My mom's in town right now helping us take care of the kids. And, and we were talking about that. And she's like, can you imagine if you went down that road? I like this road. This road's a lot better. When you were in school, did you know you could sing or were you surprised uh, to learn that you could sing? I grew up in Miami, Florida, singing in church. So I knew that I could sing. And I used to mess around with the, the instruments, you know, after the service. <laughs> like, you can play the drums a little bit. And I'm like, okay. So um, when I did that production in school, I knew that I could sing. I did not know that what I had um, was something that was worth cultivating on a huge stage, like at a world-class level. Yeah. And, and, and I had a teacher, she told me after I did that production, she took me aside and she had tears in her eyes and she was like, you know, you can do this for a living. And I literally was like, do what? And she she said that you can, you can go on stage, you can perform this. So she had me you know, audition for the University of Miami, the only school I auditioned for. And I got in that program and bam, and I was obsessed. I just, you know, I knew I had a, the talent. I didn't know all the information, but I knew that I was going to work as hard as I could to water my talent and make it as big as it could be. Let's talk about uh, when you finally got on the stage. And unlike a film, uh, you had to create the same performance over and over again. So I wanted you to talk about what that's like. You know, the mental part of every day having to go in front of an audience and perform the same piece of music the same way. And uh, what did you like about that? And what were the challenges with that kind of routine? I love it. I did. I've done many shows for long runs, but let's just take, say, Hamilton, for instance. I did that for a year and a half. <clears throat> and what I do to keep it fresh, because again, eight times a week, you got to get up to the emotional, physical place to perform this outside of taking care of yourself offstage. So for me, I'll write down a word and that's going to sort of permeate what the performance is going to be. It can be a word like fire or glide, or it can be a technical word like precision or diction, or, you know, it can be a number of things. Um, so that makes it feel fresh to me. It makes it feel alive. That's how you keep it fresh. Because after, trust me, after you do like 500 performances, you know, one can feel tapped, but you have to challenge yourself. And I challenge myself to find a different way to communicate. And that starts with the, the, the intention I give myself before each performance. Uh, when you get a job like Hamilton, like playing Aaron Burr for a certain amount of time, how does that come about? Like, how is that agreed upon? Is is it decided ahead of time, like you're going to be playing this character for a year run and then you're done? Or is it open-ended? Like, how how does the business part of a job like that, uh, how is that structured? Yeah, usually at the beginning, if you're signing on to be a principal, they'll sign you on for about a year. Mm -hmm. um, my situation is, was a little unique in that they knew they wanted me to open up the Chicago company of Hamilton, which was the first one outside of New York. 
So I was contracted to do six months in Chicago and then about nine months in between LA and San Francisco. But typically, yeah, they'll, they'll sign you up on a principal contract for a year. Now, many shows don't make it <laughs> to the two month mark. A lot of shows close early because it's all about the demand of you know folks putting their butts in the seats with a show like Hamilton that wasn't an issue. It, it was it was a really cool situation. You know, that that's one of those shows where you really feel like a rock star, like yeah. on the biggest stage. I, yeah. Oh, what an incredible experience that must have been. Well, Joshua, what uh, when you are on the road and you're touring and you're with a company for a year, how do you spend your time during the day? I'm sure you have to conserve enough energy so that you can perform that night. But what does a day look like? You know, a day is waking up, um, you know, having some some gratitude moments, <laughs> some affirmation time, and then I'll explore. Like if I'm not home, like if, like I was on the road in Chicago, I'll literally walk in a direction and just see where I end up. And I'll do that like five days a week. And then after about 90 minutes, I'll see, you know, like, where am I? And I'll check out the part of town. So I love to explore. I feel like as a, a stage performer and as a musician, as a recording artist, it helps you to just get out of your routine. So I, I would do that and I would come back and I would always pick up my guitar and try to write something. When I was on the road, just try to write something for 20 minutes. On my day off, it's I'm literally writing all day. But the trick bag is when you're doing a show and trying to write music is like you said, you got to conserve because you got to do this eight times a week. That's always a challenge. That's part of the reason why when you're in a show, it's hard to get into the studio to actually record and give it your all because you know you have to, you're contracted to your to your show. So I'll spend some time, you know, exploring and I'll spend some time doing music and then I'll work out and then I'll shut it down. Like between 1 p.m. and 6 p.m., I shut it down. Then I go to the theater with like an hour before or maybe 90 minutes before the show, warm up. And I'm talking warm up like an athlete. Like you're doing push-ups, just getting a good lather in, and then you're working out your voice um, to be able to just be nice and flexible for the the 90 minutes or the two hours in front of you. What was the audition process like? How did you get that job? You know, it's one of those ones, and, and I don't feel – I used to be like all – shy about saying this, but like, I didn't audition for it. I've had a great relationship with that creative team, with Lin-Manuel Miranda, Tommy Kale, and my first show was in the Heights. I was doing Shuffle Along at the time on Broadway, and we just announced our closing, and you know, um, I saw Tommy Kale, the director, like in Times Square, and he was like, yo, you know, we just briefly talked about Hamilton, and you know, what would that be like? And um, two weeks later, I got an offer through my agents to, for Chicago. And then they added on the tour. So what's interesting about that is like, I did the, I did the workshop in like 2013 for Hamilton, way back before and that's the thing blew up. At that point, there was only like a, a, the first half there. And then it went away, it went out of my life. And a lot of the people that did the workshops continue to go on with it. And then it also went on to do Broadway without me. Um, things come and go as you're, as you're an artist and you just have to be like, okay, cool. When it's the right time though, it's the right time. And it was the right time in 2016. And it did a huge, it was huge for me professionally. I came back around, the moment was right. What is the rehearsal time like? And is Lin-Manuel Miranda there or does he show up at a certain point in the production or the pre-production? I'm sure everyone listening is going to be curious about what he's like. Um, Y'all should know he is one of my favorite people, not just because, let's just go Lin for a second. 
not just because he's brilliant at what he does, but I, I've known him since 2006 before everything blew up. Uh, so I saw him be the same person then, and he's the same person now. We were in rehearsal for Hamilton, and, and you know we we're just going through the music with Alex Lackamore, who's the music director and supervisor, and we knew that you know Lynn is coming in like at the week, the seven day mark after we've learned all the music so that he can check on us and see what's going on. So I remember when he came into rehearsal, you know, and there's this chill cause it's Lynn, right? You know, you got, and I broke with him and I knew him for a while, but it's Lynn. So everyone's like, so you're back in music. <laughs> but you know, me, you know, I'm not trying to, I was like ready to go. I was off book. I knew this music back and forth and forward and back. And he came in and he would just, he standing in the front of the, in the room and he's like, yeah, let me hear it. And we did that opening number, dun, 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 dun. It's like seeing like, I don't know, someone that you came up with become one of the biggest forces in the world. And now they still want to be, you know, they still want to work with you. They still want you to be there with them. So it's been cool knowing him throughout the years. And I've worked with him so many times. I've been in every single production that he's done. Every, every musical. It's crazy. Now, you've been working with him on his film directorial debut, the film Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, is the film finished yet? The film is finished. It's in the can. It's in post-production right now. And I believe, I don't know the date, but I believe it will be out this year. And it was so much fun to do. It was so much fun. It was telling the story of Jonathan Larson, who wrote Rent, yeah. You know, he's just a staple and he was a big influence on uh, on Lynn. So mm-hmm. seeing Lynn direct this story about a guy who influenced him so much was like, wow. You know, it was a really big moment. Well, you've done film and television and certainly uh, we talked extensively about you being on the stage. Do you happen to have a preference as to which one of those worlds you live in or do you just morph into whatever is necessary depending upon the job that you're doing. You know, music was my first love. Music was right. my first love before being on stage or being on a screen was. And so at this moment in my life, music is the most important thing, most important medium, because I've done so much, 15 years worth, several Broadway shows worth, you know, film and television of, of putting on another mask, of put, telling someone's story, which is so amazing to bring myself to someone else's story. This it's just me. Yeah. It's everything that I feel. It's what I'm passionate about. It's how I see the world. You know, it's my optimism. It's, you know, my vulnerability. And that feels so good. And it feels good to be able to just connect with someone purely me without any other mask in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the stage. I love, I mean, I just love it. There's nothing like the, the energy of, of doing a play or musical but I think music for me is is it was my first love and now it's like coming around now I'm Ann Delisi. I'm Rob Reinhardt. And we're about to bring back the perfect opportunity to honor your favorite pet and support WDET. During our spring fundraiser, Ann and I will combine our shows so you can honor your dog. Or your cat. Or your dog. And WDET with a gift of support. We're looking forward to hearing about your pets, no matter what kind of cat that is. Cats and dogs and any other pet you may have will be part of our fundraiser. And if you can't wait till the weekend, make your gift now at WDET.org slash give. Or call 800-959-9338.
Here's part two and the conclusion of my conversation with Joshua Henry, in which he talks about the Broadway musicals in which he's performed and his new EP, Guarantee. Well, Joshua, I see behind you all of these posters, and all of these posters are uh, Broadway musicals that you have performed in. And it was really incredible at your young age how many of these huge productions you've been involved in. So I was wondering if you could give us a little tour of your career, of your stage career, through these posters behind you. Yes, I'll give you a tour. Um, I'll go from the beginning order. So right up here, if you can see where my finger's pointing, that's Lynn manuel That's In the Heights. Karen Olivo, you'll see the, the movie version coming out in June, starring Anthony Ramos. It's going to be amazing. So that was my first Broadway show. After that, I did American Idiot. It's a Green Day musical. If you know Green Day, um, at one point, like Billy Joe Armstrong was in the show. It was wild. 90 minutes of high octane, you know, head banging and singing at the top of your voice, just belting. Um, and we got to hang out where Green Day performs. Uh, they record their music um, at this place called, I think it's uh, Jingle Town, which is incredible. Um, so that was wild. We really got like, it was like a Broadway show, but we got to hang out with real musicians who had been doing it on a world-class level for a while. Fast forward to, this is the Scottsboro Boys. That was my first Broadway lead. True story about African-American men who were accused of, crime, accused of a crime they didn't commit. Start, John Kander wrote the music for that. Hey, you, you got nominated for a Tony for that role, didn't you? Oh, you want no nominations too, Ed? That's well, right. I'm going to start over. Yeah, yeah, you got nominated, right? <laughs> I did. No, you're right. Um, I, I got nominated. It's my first nomination. And um, that, that was cool because I got to meet Denzel while doing that show. It was like... The first time I was like, whoa. Then I did Porgy and Bess with Audra McDonald, David Allen Greer, and Norm Lewis. It was incredible. This musical called Violet that I did with Sutton Foster. It was so much fun. And then uh, another one with Billy Porter. Then that's when Hamilton came. And I did that for a year and a half playing Aaron Burr. My favorite show that I've ever done, for sure, Hamilton, easily. And then finally, Carousel, where I played Billy Bigelow, uh, the first African-American Billy Bigelow to ever, you know, do it on Broadway. Got nominated for that, a Tony nomination and a Grammy nomination. So that was really cool. Well, Joshua, let's talk about your music now in this new EP, Guarantee. Um, you and I talked earlier about uh, the fact that I thought these were the right songs for this time. But with everything you have going on, how did you find the time uh, to do these songs and get this EP out? Like last year, it was a big, everything stopped. I wasn't seeing collaborating with anyone in person. And there were moments when I was rock bottom artistically and in a number of ways. Uh, and I had a conversation with my wife who knows that music is my passion, my truest passion. And she was like, babe, if you don't, if you don't take this time, like when are you gonna get a better time to do it? So I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I just started picking up the guitar for like 20 minutes a day, just infomercial, just 20 minutes a day. <laughs> seven to five days a week. And I just started writing. 20 minutes turned into like an hour. I had been signed to uh, BMG S-Curve Records for a couple years now. And, you know, I was just trying to find the right time, the right collection of songs. Um, an interesting thing happened though last year was that who I was and what was most important to me was at the surface, was right here for me. That's what that pause allowed me to really access. And so I just started writing you know, talk about the perfect time. And I appreciate you saying perfect songs for perfect time. But what I feel about my wife, 
you know, what I feel about my son, my outlook on life. You know, there's a track called Possible, seeing things half full, um, hoping for a brighter tomorrow. It just was all at the surface for me, art artistically and emotionally. And I got with an incredible producer whose name is Nephew, who's written for Doja Cat, Michael Jackson, Justin Bieber, and he's just a beast. Um, and he was on the West Coast. We were collaborating back and forth. I'd send him a group of songs and then he'd send back you feedback and he'd be like, Josh, I don't know where you are, but you need to stay right there emotionally. Keep going, keep writing right where you are. You know, in about three and a half months, we got the album together. Well, some people like having a producer and others don't, and they'd rather produce themselves. And then sometimes realize later, ah, I should have had a producer. Um, you do have a producer, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about uh, that relationship and why having a producer was advantageous for you and the right move for this EP. I'm one of those people that I can come with a pretty full idea of a song because I produce as well, but I, I have so much respect for the music industry. You know, I, I really took this time to be, um, and even before last year, a student of music. I'm a good, I'm a great musician and I'm a decent producer, but I wanted to be under someone who has done it at the highest level and learn. And Nephew is one of those people that um, he, he's just been, he's working with everybody. I think, you know, I've, since I've had this success in Broadway and in TV and film, like I could come into this and be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like just throw it on, throw it on, do it, you know. Um, but I really respect the music industry not just because I'm a good singer or just because I'm a good musician, but because I've never been there before. And, and I think it's really important to really have that student-like mentality when you're entering a new field proper. And, and Nephew was someone who, who really shepherded me through helping me find my voice, encouraging me to use the fullness of my voice, my high falsetto and the resonance of my deepness. You know, He was like, don't, don't put a garburetor on it. Just let it go and write like right using your full voice. So that permission from someone who's been doing it at the highest level was like, all right, Josh, now it's your moment. The emotions are here. You know, what's important to you is here. The producer is here. I've been prepping myself, you know, just as a musician on those days off during shows, you know, for 20 minutes at a time and just writing. So it was the perfect moment. Joshua, can you talk about what it's like to be in this intense environment, like when you're on the road and you are touring with a company and you're with the same people over and over for a long time, they become like your family and you're employed. And then you go from that to sometimes losing all of those people and not being employed at all. And it would seem to me to be emotionally jarring to have that happen. Can you talk about what that process has been like for you or that experience has been like for you? That's a great question. And and when you finish a show, you, there's this void because you are having close encounters and, and meaningful collaborations and sharing your heart with people, you know, eight times a week. You see them so much and you're seeing them when they're tired, when they're exhausted, when they're bearing their soul. And so you forge these connections that you don't usually forge in normal life. So right. leaving that, it's like being just ripping away part of what your emotional support has been and your relationships for a while. Um, and that some people, it can be hit really hard. You know, for me, honestly, I've been someone who, who moves on quickly. I've been doing this for a while. So I know what that feeling is like. And I sort of navigate around it. I've been having, I had 
some close friends that I've had for years. So those are my sort of my core folks, even if other people from shows come into the mix. But one of the things that's important for me, you know, is, and I think for, is helpful for a lot of artists, I talk, young artists especially, is you, you don't want to measure yourself in the shows that you've done or, or just an opening and a closing because there's always going to be another thing. At some point, Hamilton, Hamilton's ride was over for me. And then what do I, who am I? How do I measure myself? I try to measure myself in growth, you know, and I don't, it's not about, uh, you know, an opening night, a closing night, a check, the signing of the next thing. It's the thing that's going to challenge me most next, the thing that's going to make me grow. And I, you just have to continue. I have to continue housing myself. For me, music right now is that thing. I've done Broadway for a long time. And now I want to challenge myself to, to get into a place where I'm uncomfortable, where I'm a student, where I'm not a three-time Tony-nominated, Grammy-nominated, you know, Broadway performer of film and television. I am a new recording artist. And thankfully, like folks have been really receiving this music well, but it's important to me to stay in that humble place. Like Kendrick said, be humble, sit down, get off the stage, sit down for a second and, and really learn all I can about producing, about songwriting and to measure myself in how I'm growing. Not about, you know, if this song gets picked up by the Grammys or this radio station, which is amazing, <laughs> you know, but that's that's kind of how I think about it. Things open and things close, but measure yourself in growth. Joshua, we're going to take a question from our audience, and this one comes from Addison, and she wants to know how you can make a role your own. For instance, in Hamilton, a role that has been done by other performers, and how you go about making that role your own. Addison, that's a great question. And, and Hamilton's a great example because my good friend Leslie Odom Jr. hailed Hamilton. You know, and I had been obsessed with the soundtrack for quite some time. And when I got the role, though, I had to put my obsession away. I stopped cold turkey listening to the album. As much, I mean, I was listening to it on a treadmill, walking down the street, wait for it, wait for it, wait, you know. But when you're going to then embody something, I don't want to think about what has been done. I want to respect it and honor it, but it has to come organically for me. So who is Aaron Burr to me? What traits of Aaron Burr are in my life, you know? And that's how I started thinking about it um, so that you can really make a true signature, you know, a true portrait um, as opposed to what did he do? Did he do like that? Did he put his arm like that? How do you hold the gun? Because then people read false so quickly, you know, and it was important for me to think about that in, in many areas, how I moved, you know, my posture, my vocal quality, you know, the quickness of my voice, you know, the colors of my voice, you know, the, the vocal choices and songs like Room Where It Happened or, or Wait For It, you know, um, I wanted to, again, bring my full, everything that Joshua is to this role, as opposed to be limited by what I had heard before. I, you can fall into that trap often, you know, of just being like, I want to do that. So thankfully, the, the creative team encouraged me to just be exactly who I was and, and bring myself to it. That's a great question, though. This next question comes from Judith. And she's curious about your role in Carousel and playing such a, an iconic role and what that was like. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. How much time we got? Um, <laughs> Carousel uh, came into my life right after Hamilton, right? So, I mean, I, I knew I was going to go into that, you know, from even before I went into Hamilton. But the really interesting thing about that is I had my son, Samson, or my wife had our son, Samson, during the run. There's a big song called The Soliloquy that is eight minutes long, that it's all about figuring out, thinking about what's my child going to be? Are they going to like to be a swimmer? Am I going to teach him how to 
how to be tough. It's like, how, what's my child going to be? I was having those thoughts while I was having them in real life. <laughs> Samson was born on a day off. And I remember coming back to the show and singing the song, Soliloquy. And, and the first lyrics are, I wonder what he'll think of me. And I just, I remember like, I don't even remember what happened that performance <laughs> that, that when I came back, but I do know that the, the director and, you know, my castmates, much later on, they were like, you never perform that song the same way again. Um, so it was real life imitating art, imitating life, imitating art. I mean, it was a really packed moment for me 